the halacha tells us about Hanukkah that there's a mitzvah to the first and the next. And the way we do that is by lighting the menorah. And whoever sees the candles burning is reminded of the nest of Hanukkah. If that's the case, it would seem we should light the candles wherever they're going to get maximum publicity. We should put them on the tops of buildings. We should put them in public spaces. Because that's where everyone sees and remembers Hanukkah. But the halacha is not like that. The even postkimers say that people who light Hanukkah as menorahs in parks, in shopping centers, and the like, are not even yet say the mitzvah. Why? Because the Gemara says that Hadlokas Ner Hanukkah is Ner Isho Beisoy. The mitzvah of Hafsumi and Nesu of Hanukkah has to be in one's house. And that's why the Aloha says the ideal place to light is by the door of one's house. And the question is, what has the miracle of Hanukkah to do with one's home? The miracle is to publicize the Nesu which was done in the base of Mikdash. So maybe if we lighten our shuls today, there's more of a comparison to that. But what's it got to do with lighting in everybody's private home? Why not light in a place in public where more people will be aware of the nest? So, to understand the Takona of Chazal, we first have to look back and understand what the Gzair of the Yavonim was really about. What the Hatzara from Yavon really entailed. And then we can understand the Takona that Chazal made in how to commemorate and how to remember the miracle. So there's a Chazal, the Chazal which needs an explanation, which talks about the Xeras of Yavon. And it says that the, one of the things that they did is that they told the Jewish people to write on the doorways to their homes, Ein lanu chedek melekei Yisrael, chas v'shanu. They were meant to write on the doorways to their homes. We have no portion in Hashem. What was the significance of that? Why was that an example of the evil of Yavon? There's a Gemara. And the Gemara talks about the fact that there are mitzvahs which surround the person. Jewish man wears tefillin on his head and on his arm and sits on the four corners of his clothing so he comes out with subah the mitzvah surrounded with mitzvahs and one more the mezuzah in his doorway now we understand the mitzvahs of tefillin and the mitzvahs of tzitzah surround the person they're on his body they're constant reminders why is the mitzvah of mezuzah considered something which surrounds a person and the answer is that when a person's in his home, surrounded by the walls of his house, the mezuzah on the doorway defines what that home is. What should a person think each time he sees a mezuzah? The Rambam tells us that when a person sees a mezuzah, he should stop and he should think that the only MS in the world and the only thing which lasts forever is the Chayo Elamim, is the word of Hashem. And everything else which is interest to, interest to people, 
and everything else which people are preoccupied with are all things which are havli as man, meaninglessness, futility. And the only thing which is kayom and worth investing in is Hashem and His Torah. That's the message that the mezuzah speaks out to us. But the mezuzah is put at the doorway of one's heart. Why? Because that defines the atmosphere of the home. That defines the value system of the house. That defines the priorities of the people who are living inside. And that sets the house apart from what's outside of it. Because there could be times when the atmosphere and the culture on the streets outside of the house indeed are focused on the Havle Yazman. And therefore the Mezuzah sets a line, makes a demarcation, a separation that what's inside is different. This is a zone which is bound by the sign of the mezuzah. You know, they talk about it in a war. So if there's a, a, a country which is neutral, a non-combatant in the battle, they would put a flag on the building. So we're not part of this war. We're separate. The mezuzah does the same thing. The mezuzah defines this is the place which is separate from what's outside of it. This is a zone where the, the principles are the principles of Torah. That's the sign of the mezuzah. And that's what Yovon came to fight against. In the place that there should be a mezuzah on the door. In place of the fact that the Jewish home should be a place which is sheltered and separated from what's outside of it. Yovon wanted their influence to pervade the Jewish home too. If Yovan cultivated a culture of that there's no place for Hashem, then Yovan were not content that that should be the culture of the streets. They didn't want any place which would be immune, which would be separate, which would withstand that culture. And that's the biggest side. The idea that Yovan wanted to bring to the world was that the whole world should accept their civilization. The whole world should accept their principles. And the fact that there was a resistance to accepting Yovan and Yovan's lifestyle and Yovan's worldview, that's what Yovan came to attack. And where were those places which resisted Yovan? So that we know. Any place where there's Kedusha. Kedusha, the word means to separate, to exalt yourself, to rise above. And anything which would be a source of Kedusha or something which would act as a barrier to Yavah. Be it the base of English, be it the Torah, be it the Shabbos, be it the Jewish home. All of these things, if they Kaddish, withstand the culture of Yavon. And that's what Yavon was interested in mostly, 
was breaking that barrier. The Gemara says that there were 13 pirtas. There were 13, so to speak, openings that Yavin broke into the wall of the hell surrounding the base of Megdash. Not because they needed access. Yavin were in power, they could have gone in through the main gates. But rather it was to show we're breaking those borders. We say in the most, sir, that they smashed holes in the walls of my, of my, of my citadels, the walls of my castle. And the idea was, this isn't going to be a place to withstand Yavon. The influence of Yavon is going to make itself felt here too. And that's why the, more than physical, the ideology of Yavon was not to allow, not to accept any kind of barrier which would stop people succumbing to Yavon. Taking on the world, the worldview, the Hashkafa of Yavon. And that's where the fight began. The fight, the uprising against Yavon wasn't intended to be a military uprising, a political movement. It came from a resistance to being forced to break the mitzvahs. It came from a resistance of being forced to follow the line that Yavon wanted us to lead. It started with the fact that Klaishal were willing to be most nefesh for that. They were prepared to die to do mitzvahs. And if necessary, they were prepared to fight to be allowed to do mitzvahs too. And the point was to re-establish that Kedusha. The point was to once again be able to separate ourselves from the world of Yavon. We talk about a lot. The fact that there was the family of Akainim, but the Siyah who were the ones who went to war, who were the ones who engaged in battle against the Greeks. And Hashem helped them and they were victorious. And the question is, besides for the Akainim, where were the Gedalei Adar? Where were the leaders of the generation, the Nasi, the Sanhedrin? What role did they play in Hanukkah? And the answer, they were waging war too, but on a different front. I want to share with you a tremendous insight from Rav Yonis Naibshit, the Yarist Vash. He asks, how long was the period of the Godless after the Khorban of the first Besamekdash? And we know it was 70 years. Rabbi Anderson, talking when he wrote in the 1700s, asks, How long has there been from the time of the second Khorban until his time? And about 1700 years. Asks Rabbi Anderson, What was the status of the Jewish people after 70 years of Goddess Bob? You can look in the Pesachim of Ezra and you'll be shocked to see that a large percentage of the Jewish people had already intermarried. 
had non-Jewish spouses. And one of Ezra's biggest campaigns was to convince the Jewish people to separate from their non-Jewish husbands or wives. Rabbi Edison says, and that was before the reformer, but before the Ascada, says Rabbi Edison, in our time, it's unheard of for a Jew to marry out. It's considered the worst possible thing to do. It's an infinitely small amount of people who have done such a terrible thing. How can it be? How can it be that after the Chorban of Bayes Rishon, in such a short amount of time, such a large percentage of Kali Yisrael had fallen? Whereas, after the second Chorban, after 1700 years, Kali Yisrael was still holding strong. And Yenison's answer, that was the, the, the Kayach of the Takonas of Rabban, at the beginning of the time of Bayechani. To separate us from the Goyim. We can't eat their bread, we can't drink their wine, we can't eat their food. And that is the ability of making, the, of, so to speak, making more of a separation, setting us apart. And the Takonas to Rabban and Wath. That's the Kohen kept us apart. And that was the fight between the Chachomim at the time of the beginning of Bayashani, the ones who wanted to set barriers in place, the ones who wanted to separate us from the Goyim and the Misyavnim, and those Jews who were looking to, to connect, to collaborate, to intermarry, to become part of Yahweh. Besides for the Milchama of the Chashmulayim against the armies of Yavan was the Milchama of the Chachamim against the values of Yavan. And those, those Jews, that part of Klai Yisrael which accepted the Takanas of Rabbanan looked to create that barrier, looked to be separate, looked to maintain their Kedusha were the ones who remained apart from Yavon. And those who didn't accept the Dakonas of Rabban and looked to befriend and become part of the Yavon, the Misyavim, they also got lost. They also got intermarried and disappeared from the Jewish people. But were those who looked to make the barrier of Kedusha. There were those who looked to make the separation. There were those who looked to tear it down. Yavon never destroyed the Besamikdash. Yavon was content to let the Besamikdash be, but not as a place of Kedusha. As a place which was, they would metame place which they had this defiled. And the Avayr of the Hashmanayim, the rededication of the Sigma Samedash didn't need to rebuild it. It needed to make it Kodesh again. The symbol of that is the symbol of the Menorah. The symbol of the Menorah with Likuneirets Bechatzers Kodshecho they knit Neiris in the Chatzar, which was Kaddish. It was a sign of the Kedusha. 
was there. That was the victory of Yavan. We know historically, Hanukkah doesn't celebrate the victory over the Greek Empire. The Greek Empire was still in control. They still ruled Eretz Israel. There will be many more battles and many more years until the influence of the Greeks had been broken. Hanukkah symbolizes the battle for the Besamekdash. When we got back the Avodah, when we want the Agzeris which prevented us learning Torah and Demitus were repealed. That was the victory we celebrate. And that's the Nair. The Nair is where we once again could make the Vesem Mikdash a place of Kedusha. That's the first point. But like the Ramban tells us on the Chumash, it wasn't just the victory of the Karnim and the Neris of the Besamikdash. There was a second part too. Chazalu Mutakin to light the Neris in every Jewish home. Why? Because every Jewish home which stays strong is unaffected by Yavon, retains its Kedusha is another victory over Yavon. And therefore the Prisimah isn't that we won the war. The Prisimah is we are the winners. We are also a part of the Jewish people who separate from Yavon. We are also a part of Klai Yisrael who maintains its Kedusha. That's the Prisimah And that's why there's no point lighting when there is in the middle of nowhere. The menorah isn't a victory symbol. The point of the menorah is to light it by one's house. And the reason to light by one's house is to show my home is a place of Kedusha. My home is a place which is insulated against Yovon. That's all part of the victory of Hanukkah. More than that. Halakha says, the place to light the menorah. Ideally, by the door of one's home, Opposite the mezuzah, that same mezuzah which always declared that this is the place separate from the Havle Oilam. This is the place where Hashem Elekeinu Hashem Echad is in charge. That same mezuzah which the Yivarim wanted to tear down and replace by the line, we have no chedek in Yisrael. The menorah comes to light up the mezuzah. This is the place which is safe from Yavon. This is the place where the menorah is still there. Shouts out its message. This is the place of Kedusha. That's the Prismanis of Hanukkah. That explains another point too. Mephoshim asks the question, if the Prismanis of Hanukkah is in, one, is in one's home, why were they attacking to Latin shuls? To Latin Batak Nisias? So one could say, we see from the times of the Gemara, there were people who lived in the shul. They used to make Kiddush in Shul too. All the people, the guests, the visitors, would eat and sleep in Shul. So for those people, they had to light in Shul too. That was where they were. That was their home. But based on what we understood tonight, there's another reason too. A Shul is also a place which is separate from the reaches, from the clutches of Yavon. 
A shul is also a place which is a place of Kedusha. The tense of Yaakov of learning, of davening, are places which maintain the Kedusha. And over here too, the Menorah can proudly stand and declare this also is a place of Kedusha. One last point, one last thought. The real showdown between Yavon and Klai Yisrael happened a long time before Hanukkah. The Gemara tells us that Alexander, the great general who brought the teachings and the philosophy of Yavon to the world, conquered Eretz Yisrael. And the Kohen God Lashemun HaTzadik comes to meet him. Shemun HaTzadik wears his big Dekohen even though that's not normally done outside the base of Mikdash. And the Gemara says they were traveling towards each other the whole night. As dawn struck in the morning, the two camps meet, come together. And in this meeting point of Yavon and Klai Yisrael, Alexander climbs down from his chariot and bows down to Shemun Atalik. That was the victory of Klai Yisrael over Yavon. Who's going to bend to who? And how did that happen? What were the spiritual, so to speak, energies at work? Yavon represented that Koyach which wanted to bring the whole world under its worldview, under its philosophy. Shemun HaTzedek, the Kohen Gadol, but also the, the leader of the generation, represented the Kedusha, the Kedusha of the Torah, the Kedusha of the Beis And when the two met face to face, Yavon is no match for Kedusha. For the Kohen Gadol who maintains his Kedusha, so he overpowers Yavon. The threat of Yavon, the danger of Yavon, the success of Yavon, is when it causes people to abandon their Kedusha. It causes people to lose their Kedusha to accept Yavon. That's where Yavon has dominion. That's where Yavon holds sway. If Yavon can threaten people or frighten people or convince people to take down their mezuzahs, to accept and submit to the decrees of the Greeks, that's where Yavon's powerful. And a place where Kedusha is felt because Kedusha is maintained. In a case where Kedusha is strong because the people who are upholding the Kedusha remain strong. Then Kedusha overpowers Yavon. Shimon HaTzadik didn't bend. Shimon HaTzadik didn't step down. Shimon HaTzadik represented the force of Kedusha standing strong 
and then Alexander bends to him. And that was the spiritual message for the Maccabin. You're fighting Yavon. Don't bend, stand strong. Because if you have a force of Kedusha, that force of Kedusha is going to prevail. And when that's what they did, they stood up for the Kedusha. They insisted on maintaining that barrier. They were willing to fight, not to give in to Yavon. They fought and they won. That's the power of the Kedusha. Yavon is no match. When Kedusha doesn't comply. When the force of Kedusha doesn't surrender. That was the beginning of the miracle of Hanukkah. And that's what came into effect when the Hashemunayim learned that lesson. That brings us back to our Ne'er Hanukkah. The Ne'er Hanukkah which proclaims the victory. The Ne'er Hanukkah which proclaims that this is the place of Kedusha. This is a place which is free from Yavon. It could be there's still Yavon in the streets. Even today. It could be the effect of Yavon or their spiritual descendants still make noise and waves in the streets of today. Still rule society. Still shape the minds of men. But it's not going to change us. Because if we're strong in our Kedusha, then Kedusha prevails. We make no inroads in our home to let, to let Yovan access. We are strong about maintaining the fire of Kedusha. Then we can be guaranteed that the Prisumenis of Hanukkah, the Nais continues. And our homes will be places of Kedusha. Our shuls, our Bate Medrash, will be places of Kedusha. Places where the forces of Yavon have no place. Places which are protected from Yavon. Places where the miracle of Hanukkah is still taking place. <laughs>